Chapter Sixteen of *The Turn of the Screw* by Henry James. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Sixteen. I had so perfectly expected that the return of my pupils would be marked by a demonstration that I was freshly upset at having to take into account that they were dumb about my absence. Instead of gaily denouncing and caressing me, they made no allusion to my having failed them, and I was left for the time on perceiving that she too said nothing to study Mrs. Gross's odd face. I did this to such purpose that I made sure they had in some way bribed her to silence, a silence that, however, I would engage to break down on the first private opportunity. This opportunity came before tea. I secured five minutes with her in the housekeeper's room, where, in the twilight, amid a smell of lately baked bread, but with the place all swept and garnished, I found her sitting in pained placidity before the fire. So I see her still, so I see her best, facing the flame from her straight chair in the dusky, shining room, a large, clean image of the put-away of drawers closed and locked and rest without a remedy. Oh, yes, they asked me to say nothing and to please them so long as they were there. Of course I promised, but what had happened to you? I only went with you for the walk, I said. I had then to come back to meet a friend. She showed her surprise. A friend? You? Oh, yes, I have a couple, I laughed. But did the children give you a reason? For not alluding to your leaving us, yes. They said you would like it better. Do you like it better? My face had made her rueful. No, I like it worse. But after an instant, I added, did they say why I should like it better? No, Master Miles only said, we must do nothing but what she likes. I wish indeed he would. And what did Flora say? Miss Flora was too sweet. She said, oh, of course, of course. And I said the same. I thought a moment. You were too sweet, too. I can hear you all, but nonetheless, between Miles and me, it's now all out. All out, my companion stared. But what, miss? Everything. It doesn't matter. I've made up my mind. I came home, my dear, I went on, for a talk with Miss Jessel. I had, by this time, formed the habit of having Mrs. Gross literally well in hand in advance of my sounding that note, so that even now, as she bravely blinked under the signal of my word, I could keep her comparatively firm. A talk? Do you mean she spoke? It came to that. I found her, on my return, in the schoolroom. And what did she say? I can hear the good woman still, and the candour of her stupefaction, that she suffers the torments. It was this, of a truth, that made her, as she filled out my picture, gape. Do you mean, she faltered, of the lost, of the lost, of the damned, and that's why, to share them? I faltered myself with the horror of it, but my companion with less imagination kept me up to share them? She wants Flora. Mrs. Gross might, as I gave it to her, fairly have fallen away from me had I not been prepared. I still held her there to show I was. As I've told you, however, it doesn't matter, because you've made up your mind. But to what? To everything. And what do you call everything? 
why sending for their uncle oh miss in pity do my friend broke out ah but i will i will i see it's the only way what's out as i told you with miles is that if he thinks i'm afraid to and has ideas of what he gains by that he shall see he's mistaken yes yes his uncle shall have it here from me on the spot and before the boy himself if necessary that if i'm prepared to be reproached with having done nothing again about more school yes miss my companion pressed me well there's that awful reason there were now clearly so many of these for my poor colleague that she was excusable for being vague but a witch why the letter from his old place you show it to the master i ought to have done so on the instant oh no said mrs gross with decision i'll put it before him i went on inexorably that i can't undertake to work the question on behalf of a child who has been expelled for we've never in the least known what mrs gross declared for wickedness for what else when he's so clever and beautiful and perfect is he stupid is he untidy is he infirm is he ill-natured he's exquisite so it can be only that and that would open up the whole thing after all i said it's their uncle's fault if he left here such people he didn't really in the least know them the fault's mine she had turned quite pale well you shan't suffer i answered the children shan't she emphatically returned i was silent a while we looked at each other then what am i to tell him you needn't tell him anything i'll tell him i measured this do you mean you'll write remembering she couldn't i caught myself up how do you communicate i tell the bailiff he writes and should you like him to write our story my question had a sarcastic force that i had not fully intended and it made her after a moment inconsequently break down the tears were again in her eyes ah oh, miss you write well tonight i at last answered and on this we separated end of chapter 16